In today's episode, I'm joined by the Sleeper King, Zach Hanshu, as we go head-to-head in a battle of early player ADPs. Let's do this. G'day guys, welcome to this episode of the Clutch Time Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. I'm your host, Adam King. You can find me on Twitter uh, at AdamKing91 and you can check out all of our content uh, over at the website www.fbibasketball.com. So as I said today, uh, I've got Zach with me. Uh, We're going to go through some early uh, player ADP battles, um, much like Mitch Casey and I did a couple of days ago. So for anyone who didn't catch that episode, uh, it is up on YouTube. But basically what it is, is, is Zach and I going through uh, a list of, of player names um, and talking about where we can get them uh, in the draft and who we would prefer uh, to take. So let's bring Zach in. I'll unmute him so he can talk. Zach, thanks for coming on. Uh, my first international guest, so this is exciting. I appreciate you having me, man. Very glad to be here. Uh, so we we sent through, uh, I sent through a list of uh, of guys that we can we can have a chat about. So when I did this with Mitch on uh, Saturday, I think it was, um, we I based the ADPs off Fantrax ADPs. I've actually done Yahoo ones here uh, just to mix it up a little bit. Um, and, and again, tried to keep it to sort of top 100 players. Cause I mean, once you're outside the top 100, it, there's not really a, a huge difference in value, for, um, between 100 and 120, 140. So, um, we'll get going with the first one here. My banner works. So at pick 22, uh, very similar ADP at the moment, Paul George, uh, or DeJounte Murray. So I'll let you... Uh, kick it off as you're the guest. So who who are you going to go with there, do you think? Yeah, so I, I don't think this one's really too close for me. Uh, this one is clearly going to be DeJounte Murray. Um, I, obviously, I think there's going to be some concerns. Uh, he came over to Atlanta. You know, w- what's that backcourt going to look like with him and Trey Young? Uh, but I think even a decrease in points and assists, which we can probably, you know, reasonably expect there alongside Trey, uh, I don't think he's going to lose his rebounding upside. Uh, and I definitely don't think he's going to lose his upside with steals, right? So if he's, you know, not the primarily primary ball handler on every play, uh, he actually might be a little more energized on defense. Uh, so I think he will keep up those steals numbers, which were elite last season. Um, so I think DeJounte Murray, uh, we still haven't seen the best of him either, right? So there's the upside with him. With Paul George, This is a guy that's played – he's averaged 44 games a season since coming to the Clippers. Uh, He's played 133 total games in those three years, only 24 more games than Kawhi Leonard, who missed all of last season, right? So Paul George has not been healthy for years. Uh, We've seen the best of him. Obviously, we know what he can do. He's totally elite in a number of categories. Uh, but this has got to be a make-or-break year for the Clippers, and I definitely don't see them running him or Kawhi ragged in the regular season. So I think Ty Lue is going to give him some time off. 
Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of maintenance for him. Um, and even if there's not, can you really count on him being healthy? So I'm going with the guy uh, that has the upside, the guy that is going to be on the court the most, uh, and the guy that, again, we still haven't seen his best basketball yet. Yeah, look, I, I, DeJounte's been an interesting one because I think when that trade was made, he, he's sort of he, – he's people's opinions on him shifted very quickly. So he sort of went yeah. from, I mean, obviously he's not going to be as good as he was last year, but he was dropped down almost two rounds outside the, the top 30. But I think slowly he's creeping his way back up. Um, and yeah, for me, it's it's probably DeJounte here. Uh, although it may depend a little bit on who I got in the first round. So if I, if I got uh, sort of a, a fairly safe first round guy, Maybe I would go with Paul George because, as you said, he, chances are he only plays 60 games, um, something like that. I mean, his injuries are, are a little bit freaky in that they're not they're not a sort of a, a knee that he has issues with every season. Um, but but yeah, I, I still like Dejounte for this season. Um, and as you said, his his defensive numbers are, are elite. He could lead the league in steals, um, and and that enough is, is to sort of enough value just in steals alone, but the assists will be fine. He rebounds well. Um, so, yeah, I'm not too concerned about him. So I would probably go DeJounte there uh, slightly as well, but I, I could see a case where I might take Paul George, um, also depending on position, sort of what if you're looking for a certain position, that all that sort of stuff. But but that really factors into any of these battles. So, um, yeah, so for me, it's probably slightly DeJounte as well. Uh, shifting down the board a little bit, number 29, pick 29. Uh, we I, we did have uh, Bradley Beal. I can't remember who he was up against in our last ADP battle, but this one, uh, I've got Bradley Beal or DeMar DeRozan at pick 29. Um, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I actually, I was kind of just thinking in my head that you mentioned, hey, this is dependent on, you know, who I pick, that I get a safe pick in the first one. Um, and so this is kind of where my mind went here for this ADP battle is who were my first two picks? I'm into the third round. Do I want to go for upside with Bradley Beal or do I want to go floor with DeMar DeRozan? Um, so, I, I mean, DeRozan has been like a slow and steady top 50 guy for years and years now, right? And Beal, uh, before last season, I think it was three years of top 15 finishes for him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we've never seen that high of a ceiling for DeMar DeRozan. Uh, last year was his highest fantasy season of his entire career. He was 27th. Um, so he wasn't even sniffing that top 15 value that Beal put together for, you know, three straight seasons. Um, he had the scoring championships to his name, uh, just running the show there in Washington. So I think with DeRozan, if you think he can replicate what he did last year and you know, maybe come close to that career high 27.9 points he put up last year as a, you know, as a tenured veteran. Um, I think that's a bad bet for me. And I think that's where he got a lot of his value was out of that, you know, out of nowhere scoring that he put together. Um, so I'm not going to bank on that. And, and this is the same way for, for fantasy. I think for any player, right? Like you don't want to draft a guy at his ceiling. You want to draft a guy with a little bit of room, right? So if I draft Beal at 29, I could potentially, you know, get a top 15 guy with DeRozan. If I draft him at 29, that's his ceiling. We saw that last year. So I don't think I'm getting any value out of DeRozan. 
Um, but as you mentioned, if you're looking for a, a super safe guy, if you went risky with your first two picks, DeRozan's your guy. But in a vacuum or otherwise, it's going to be Bradley Beal for me all day. Yeah, I agree on this one. And DeRozan's actually interesting because I, I I think if I recall from la- last season, heading into to draft last season, um, DeRozan actually fell a bit in terms of where people thought he was going to be because he coming into Chicago, he was going to be playing sure. alongside Levine and Vucevic and Lonzo Ball. And and so he, he was actually going in the 70s, 60s, 70s, I think, because as you said, he'd been a top 40, top 50 guy and people thought, oh yeah, he's he's not going to be that guy in Chicago. And, and it sort of sure. came out of nowhere. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, obviously Lonzo, it doesn't look like he's going to be there for at least to start the season, um, mm-hmm. which could put the ball in DeRozan's hand a little bit more. But as you said, I, I don't really see how he can improve on what he did last season. So this would be his ceiling. Um, whereas Beal, yeah, he, he can be a almost a borderline first round player. Um, I doubt he gets there, but there's certainly room to move. Um, here he could very easily be a top top twenty guy this season. Um, so yeah, comfortably for me, this one would be Beal. As you said, unless you'd picked, uh, I don't know, like Kevin Durant and and Paul George or something with your first two no. picks, and you needed a guy that's going to sort of play seventy five games and and give yeah. you uh, efficient scoring that sort of thing. So uh, on to the next pairing. So similar position here uh, both in terms of ADP and, and where they actually play on the court uh, at 37 Nikola Vucevic or DeAndre Ayton um, very similar in terms of their position on the court as I said but actually bring different aspects uh, to fantasy so um, yeah who, who would you be your preference here this one's going to be Vooch for me, and I think the 37 ADP is – honestly, it's a little disrespectful. Um, I think people might be uh, – they might have that DeRozan syndrome, like you mentioned, where, hey, he's playing on a, a talented team. He's got all these teammates around him in Chicago. Um, and I think maybe people have a little hangover from last year, which is is kind of strange, right, because of recency bias. You would think, man, people should be really high on him because he finished the season – pretty well right he started started if I remember right he started in a pretty big slump and you know I think you were able to get him kind of at a discount if you traded for him uh within the first couple months of the season but he really turned things around um and ended up finishing I think in third round value last year um so this is a guy that as you mentioned, the skill set is, is vastly different. So uh, he's an extremely good passing big man, which for fantasy, that's a that's a slam dunk. You, you want to get a big man that can pass the ball. That's that out of position stat that just is really key. Um, you know, the assists um, with DeAndre Ayton, you know, obviously he's he's more of that traditional center where he's going to get you the elite field goal percentage. He's going to get you the rebounds. Um, but he doesn't give you the blocks that you would expect. So, and it's not like his rebounds blow you out of the water either. Um, You know, you can feel comfortable drafting a Rudy Gobert maybe in the, you know, maybe late second round, early third round, if you really want to go that route, uh, because the rebounds are going to be 14 or 15 a game, blocks are two or three a game, uh, field goal percentages through the roof. Uh, With Aiton, the defensive numbers aren't there. The rebound numbers are, right in step with Vucevic, right around that 10-11 mark. And the points really aren't too too great either, right around that 15 to 18 mark. So 
for me, it's Vooch. I'm taking a guy that can shoot threes, a guy that can pass. Um, and his defensive numbers are right on par with, if not a little bit better than Aiton. So I, I don't really see the upside for Aiton here at all. Yeah, I think I'm I'm probably with you on this one. Uh, I think, and and if you talk to people, um, casual ish sort of fantasy guys last season, they would say, well, Vooch had a really bad year. Um, he he was a a bust. I mean, I don't know whether people would call him a bust, but potentially they would. But as you said, he he finished with uh, as a third round guy, so he finished as the thirtieth ranked player. Um, and based on what we'd seen before, um, you'd have to think that that's around his floor, sort of middle of the third round. Mm-hmm. So if you can get him here um, at the turn, then there's at least half a round value, potentially a full round. And we've seen him be a first round player. And much like Beal, I don't think he'll get to those heights again. But um, the fact that he can he can flirt with a triple one, so a block, steal, three-pointer, um, not super efficient, but also doesn't kill you in terms of free throw percentage. And and I think he's the opening that he had to last season was uh, a little bit of an anomaly, I think, with the, the shooting. So he couldn't hit a shot to open the mm-hmm. season, um, which was actually a, a problem that we saw with quite a few players across the league to yeah. open the season. So um, once he figured things out and, and, and just playing, I mean, going from Orlando to Chicago, from that Orlando team that was pathetic to a Bulls team where he's got, he has to play a different role. He's not the guy that that needs to do everything. So he had to figure that out. And uh, yeah, so for me, this one would be Vucevic. Um, and I'm not, I'm not super high on Aiton. Um, yeah, he's a decent player, but oh, yeah. yeah, as you said, he he doesn't get the blocks. If, mm-hmm. if he could get his blocks up to 1.5, 1.6, 1.7, maybe um, you'd look at him here because he, you, you sort of figure that if he's not hitting threes, he's not getting assists, he should be blocking shots and doing your more traditional centre things. But he doesn't even do that, really, um, other than score efficiently and, and grab 10 boards. Um, not much upside there. Uh, so the next pairing is a pair of centres as well. About a round later. So at pick 50, Jarrett Allen, Jonas Valanciunas. Um, these two are a little more comparable in terms of what they bring. Um, s- slight differences there in terms of um, personnel on the, that they're sharing the court with. Uh, but who, who would you lean in this one? Yeah, man, this is funny. When I when I saw, you know, you sent these over to me and I saw these and I thought, well, I'll take Vooch because, uh, you know, over Aiton because of his skill set. And then when I saw Jared Allen and, and Valanciunas, I said, I'm going to go ahead and contradict myself here because I'm going to take Jared Allen over Valanciunas and he's the traditional center and doesn't have quite as diverse of a skill set. But Jared Allen does those things a lot better than DeAndre Aiton. So, if you're talking about a traditional center that can get you the field goal percentage, the blocks, uh, you know, the points, the rebounds, those are the guys you want to go for because those guys can be elite. Uh, blocks are one of the hardest, uh, you know, categories to, you know, get elite numbers in. So if I can get a guy like Jared Allen who potentially could push for two blocks a game this year, I don't know that he'll get there, but I think the upside is certainly there. Um, with Valanciunas, this is kind of, you know, with the Vooch and Aiton comparison, Valanciunas averaged 8.8 threes last season, one more assist per game than Allen. Uh, but otherwise, 
fairly similar numbers. Allen has the better field goal percentage, the better blocks. Uh, I think the biggest deterrent for Valanchunas is, um, and, and maybe this this depends on your perception of Zion Williamson this year, because I'm high on Zion Williamson. I think he's yeah. going to come back and be excellent this year. Um, I think he's going to stay on the court. So I think that really does knock JV's value quite a bit, um, especially if Zion's able to come out there and stay on the court and exceed expectations. Uh, I think for Jared Allen, obviously the team added Donovan Mitchell, but I don't think that impacts his role negatively, um, you know, as Valanchunas has that negative situation. So it's Jared Allen for me. Yeah, I, I agree on this one as well. And and almost in the reverse, uh, a reverse situation when when compared to Vucevic, I think if we look at Valanchunas last year, I mean, he came out of the blocks on fire. He was he was like mm-hmm. a second round player, I think, for a while. Um, yeah. I didn't have him, but I remember how well he was playing. And so you you could almost say, okay, well, last season was probably as good as it gets in terms of where he's playing now in New Orleans. And he only finished as a forty as the forty fifth ranked player. So, if you're taking him here at fifty, there's not really much room for him to improve. And then you throw Zion into the equation, um, and that's going to have a huge impact. Like you, I'm pretty high on Zion this year. I think um, I think he'll have a really good season. Uh, and so, yeah, for, uh, Valanchunas is pretty safe around this area because we. We know what he, what he's going to give you, but um, yeah, I like I like Jared Allen here uh, slightly, and it, yeah, even with Allen, I don't think there's a ton of upside. Like I don't think he he can crack the top twenty five or anything like that, but he does give you those blocks um, with no marking in there. Now they they'll run a slightly smaller yeah. lineup, so that might be an extra rebound. Um, so yeah, it's Jared Allen for me here as well. Uh, two guards for the next one at pick 66. Uh, and and d- very different in terms of, I think, where people are approaching them this season. So at 66, D'Angelo Russell and Tyrese Maxey. Uh, Maxey is sort of this up-and-coming hyped guard that, that some people are quite high on. And Russell is a guy that's probably burned a, l- a lot of people in past seasons, yeah. um, has had some injuries. Uh, so yeah a few questions are around him so um of these two which which is your preference all right so for this one i'm wondering if we're going to end up going perfect five for five on agreement here because we've been kind of lockstep so far but uh for me this one's going to be tyrese maxi and for the the last group that we talked about um all these guys i kind of had strongly one way or another this one this one i kind of had to think about for a little bit so so uh, for me, it's Maxi. Um, I, I think the big thing for me is seeing just how well he performed with and without Harden in the lineup last year. Uh, so obviously he broke out. No Ben Simmons. Uh, he was the guy in the backcourt for them. Um, but when Harden came in there, uh, obviously Maxi's counting stats took a little bit of a hit. His rebounds and assists. Um, but for fantasy, uh, his field goal percentage went up. His made threes went up. And the value of both of those outweighed the, you know, the slight decrease he got in rebounds and assists. So his value was pretty well, you know, right in that same range with Harden in the lineup. So I think we can expect more of the same out of that this year. Um, I also think it's very encouraging that a second year guy that that kind of, you know, he took such a big leap in usage. 
Um, had low turnovers, highly efficient shooter, uh, which in if you're playing in a category league, uh, efficient shooting is, you know, is awesome. Obviously, you could punt field goal percentage if you're going after some of these high usage guards. But just in a vacuum, um, you know, I love the, the elite uh, shooting percentages. Uh, for D'Angelo Russell, uh, obviously, he's one of those guys that never has very good shooting percentages. Um, but if you're at pick 66 – it is very hard in this range and later to get a guy that can average seven or eight assists per game. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of the trade-off. So in a vacuum, if, if all things created equal, it's maxi for me, but if I've foregone assists and I'm really hurting for those here at pick 66, it'll be Russell because I don't think I'm going to get a guy later than that that is going to get me those assist numbers uh, unless I'm getting Russell Westbrook. And then, you know, the rest of my team is just, just head, head to the go. Um, yeah, I think that's where I'll go here. Yeah, uh, you yeah. basically said word for word what I was going to say. So <laughs> I, I, I almost uh, – so I like the Wolves. I have a soft spot for them. I wouldn't say I, I have a, a team that I support, um, but mm-hmm. I like the Wolves and I like the Grizzlies and I like the Pelicans. Um, so I, I want the answer here to be Russell just because I really would like the Wolves to – to actually do something this season and make some noise. Um, so so I want it to be Russell. And as you said, if you do need assists, uh, this is a, a tough area of the draft to get assists. Um, yeah, if you're drafting Russell Westbrook, then you're in trouble. Uh, so it's, yeah, if, if it's for assists, it, it's D'Angelo. Um, I think he could be a little more efficient this season just with with the improvement of those around him, maybe, maybe slightly, but... Um, and then I guess with Maxi, obviously he was really good last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the concern, I suppose, from some people is that, well, now that with Harden there, he wasn't as good and he's not going to have the ball in his hands, that sort of thing. But I mean, even if you look over the last two months last season, he was a top 60 player. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think his floor is relatively safe, uh, even with Harden there and um yeah, he's relatively efficient. He's not going to get you those seven um, seven assists, but he'll get you, he'll get you three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, so, bit of a trade off there with with the assists and the efficiency. Um, defensive what defensively they're probably pretty comparable. I think maybe yeah. maybe a steal a game. Um, so it's probably yeah Maxi here, but I, I think you could make a case for D'Angelo if you were yeah. chasing those assists. Uh, on to se- so pick 76 here. So Jamal Murray, you actually talked about him uh, on the podcast. I was listening to you on um, this morning uh, on the Roto Baller podcast. And because you were talking about Bones Highland as, as a guy that you are high on this season and mm-hmm. how Jamal Murray impacts him. And, um, and I think you sort of brushed over the fact that you can get Jamal Murray at around pick 75. So you're pretty bang on here with, with an ADP of 76. Yeah. Um, so Jamal Murray or Tyler, Tyler Hero, who are you going for here? This is really a case of upside versus floor or, or, or safety. Yeah, it is interesting um, because I am high on Bones Highland. Um, I'm curious 
to see, you know, if Jamal Murray can make it for the whole season, if they limit his workload in any way. Um, even if they do, though, I still think Highland is, uh, you know, a six-man-of-the-year type of candidate. Um, but you're right. Jamal Murray is a guy you can get this late. Um, and actually, I did – I'm not sure if you were in this yesterday, but um, I did a mock draft for uh, Josh Lloyd, uh, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, and I actually selected Murray right around this round. I think it was pick 80 or so. Um, and, yeah, it's it's a case of upside, absolutely. Uh, Murray can give you that third to fifth round value. Uh, I'm not sure if he gives you third round value like he did the last time we saw him healthy. Uh, but even if he gives you fifth round value, you're getting two rounds worth of value baked into him when you draft him at pick 76. That's awesome. Um, do, do you think Hero can outperform his, you know, this ADP? Um, again, this is, to me, this is what we've talked about for the entire podcast so far. It's OG Ananubi after he had that, you know, excellent season. And then last year people were taking him in the 30s and 40s. It was, you know, uh, Vucevic, who people might say had a bad season last year. It's because you spent your, you know, a top 20 pick on him and he finished as 30th. Um, and, and I think that's going to be Robert Williams this year, who I think can still be a top 20 guy, but I think the, the ADP is going to soar for him um, as we move forward. So, again, the draft cost versus what kind of value he's giving you is going to go way down. Um, and that's kind of what you want to avoid. You want to find guys later in drafts that can give you value. And Murray is going to be that guy this year. Um, so last time we saw him on the court, 24 and four, 2.7 triples, and he teased a 50, 40, 90 shooting season. Um, so that's what you're going to get. Obviously as a point guard, he's not going to give you a lead assist because he's playing on a team with two time MVP Jokic, but he's still going to give you all those other things I mentioned. He's efficient. He'll still give you three or four assists a game, four rebounds, good scoring, good triples. Um, I just don't think Tyler Hero, what can he do to improve upon last year? He's mostly a points guy. Uh, and I don't think he's going to just erupt and go Bradley Beal on us this year. So it's it's Jamal Murray, absolutely. Yeah, Murray, <laughs> I, I agree. Again, Murray um... – for, because yeah, I mean, once you get to this point of the draft, you're 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 searching for even more upside, really. So the, um, and as you said, Hero Tyler Hero, he was good last year, but what else can he do? Uh, and so yeah, for me, I think it's it's Murray, and and I'm not too concerned with um, with him coming back off this this injury because he he's had a long layoff, uh, so it's not like he's he's right on that nine month sort of return timetable. He, he's had mm-hmm. plenty of time to rehab this. Um, he was, I don't think he was ever going to come back last season, but it, it was discussed at least. So he was obviously on track and, and he's had another, well, it, it'll be another sort of five months since that time um, to get yeah. it right. So, um, I mean, look, even I, I tore my ACL in, in uh, February and then had surgery in April and I'm already running again. And, they would be doing. They would be doing far more rehab than me. I do mine when I remember when I'm watching Netflix at night. So, um, so yeah. Look, he. I think he'll be fine. Um, they'll probably ease him in slightly just because he has been out for a full season. But I mean, you look at Clay last year. Uh, Murray's better than Clay, obviously. But mm-hmm. in terms of coming back off, uh, Clay was coming back off two significant injuries. 
and it didn't take him too long to get back to the old sort of clay. So uh, I think Murray will be back to where he was within a month. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of room to move here. Even if even if he's not quite as good and he's a top fifty player, that's still two or three rounds of value. So that's what you're looking for here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last one, two more guards um, at pick a hundred. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. or Anthony Simons, uh, both coming off impressive seasons last year, uh, but for diff- well at different periods of the season. So Gary Trent was amazing to start the season. I think he was leading the league in steals for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we all saw as a bit of, bit of a an anomaly. Uh, Anthony Simons was was awesome over the back end of last season and probably won a lot of fantasy leagues for people. But that was without Lillard there, so that's what we need to factor in. So, so with these two guys, have you got a preference here? Oh man, yeah, this one was a little bit tougher. So maybe we'll disagree here after we, you know, kind of agree with each other the whole time. Uh, for me, this one's going to be Gary Trent. Um, as you mentioned, the steals. Uh, he was, yeah, I think for a while he was the steals leader. Uh, so he was uh, had some tremendous value to start the season. Uh, he ended up finishing with fourth round value, which was still pretty incredible. Um, I, I think, is he going to be in that steals leader uh, tier again this year? Maybe not, but uh, is can he still get you maybe one and a half steals this year? Um, I think that's well within the realm of possibility. Um, and he's you know great three-point shooter as well. He's going to get you a ton of those. Um, so I think with him – you know, Toronto players are very safe just because Nick Nurse runs run he runs them into the ground. Um, you know, they're starting five last year. They they average the most combined minutes per game of any starting five. Um, I think three of the starting five um, were in the top ten for most minutes per game played last year. Siakam, um, Fred Van Fleet, and Trent might have been in there as well. I can't remember if it was him or Barnes. Um, but anyway, so I think his role is going to be very secure. Um, if you can get a guy that's elite in threes and steals, I think that's going to be uh, you know wonderful for your fantasy team. Um, Simon's, I, I'm not totally sold, right? So he got $100 million, which, uh, again, a little head-scratching. I mean, he had, a, I think it was a 27- or 30-game stretch uh, where he was <clears> – <throat> excuse me, where he was the guy. And, it, you know, it, color me crazy here, but I, how many guys would completely erupt and go crazy when you're the only guy on a team that's trotting out guys like, you know, Trendon Watford in your starting lineup? So I, I think Anthony Simons had the the benefit of a team that was just tanking, you know, tankapalooza last year. And then he obviously he got hurt. So very small sample size for him. They added Jeremy Grant. Dame is expected to be healthy and he's going to have the ball in his hand. A lot of question marks for Simons, not not so many for Trent. So easy Trent for me. Yeah, I'm like you, I'm not as high on Simons as a few others. And and yeah, that hundred million was a uh, I mean it's good for him, but yes. Um, yeah, it, it was, as you said, towards that that sort of second half of last season, it, it was him and, and no one else. Um, and add Jeremy Grant, add Damian Lillard, add a healthy Nurkic, hopefully. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, he, he's, I mean, he's still going to get his shots, but he outside of the scoring, he just doesn't offer 
a lot, um, I think, when they're at full strength. Whereas uh, Trent, he'll score simply, he might not score quite as many points, but he has got those steals to fall back on mm-hmm. based on what we saw last year, at least. And his role is, is far more uh, secure. Um, I mean, I think Simon's role is secure as well, but I just think Trent, as you said, his minutes, he's going to play 36 minutes a game because that's what yep. Toronto do. And Fred Van Fleet isn't the healthiest player in the world. Um, yeah. you'd, you'd probably factor in 20 missed games for him. So, uh, yeah, so it's probably Trent here for me. But, I mean, and this is why going this deep into drafts, it, it's, it is a little bit hard because, as we saw with uh, D'Angelo Russell and Maxi, and in this case, it, it is a little bit stat dependent. So if you're purely, if you purely need points, then Simons is probably a bit safer. Uh, but if you're looking at um, uh, uh, some some points, but as well as steals, then I think um, we're looking at, at Trent there uh, as the best option. Uh, so that's all the guys that I sent through. We got through that in about half an hour. That's that's a good time, I think. Um, so thanks for, for coming on. I mean, any final thoughts? I, I know there's a lot happening at the moment and, and lots of content out there and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, but um, any other thoughts on these on these player battles? Yeah, I just want to hammer home the what we talked about all podcast. I think it's, it's something really important. Drafts that not a lot of people have in the front of their mind is don't draft somebody at their ceiling unless you absolutely need a really safe player always aim to draft somebody with room with room to, you know, finish above that draft tag. Uh, I think that's going to help people in their drafts, uh, you know, quite significantly. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The only time you're really drafting at their ceiling is probably the first round, really. Um, yeah. you, you're going to take, yeah, Harden uh, as the fourth pick four, and that's probably his ceiling, top four, top three, something like that. So, um, the, the, the deeper you get into drafts, the more you're looking for, for value, I think. Um, so, yeah, look, that, that'll that uh, wrap it up for today's show. Just before we uh, let you go, um, you want to have a – just let people know sort of what, what's going on over at Sports Edge. I know you've got – there's podcasts happening and written content. So what have you got uh, coming up over there? Yeah, so exciting time over at Sports Edge. Um, obviously, the NFL season kicked off last week. Uh, so now we're looking ahead to basketball and the uh, Sports Edge uh, draft guide actually uh, launches tonight. So uh, we have uh, player outlooks for everybody. We have a ton of premium articles coming out, um, which I was very, very fortunate to get to contribute articles, uh, projections player outlooks. Uh, it's a great team over there. It's a really great product we have coming out. So uh, very exciting time over there. Yeah, it is. And and we'll be in a draft tomorrow. I think maybe you guys are going to do a pod on it or a video on it or something. I'm not sure. Dr. A sort of messaged me and asked me to, to be yeah. in. Um, so, so yeah, we'll be in a, in a, in a mock tomorrow. There's a lot of mocks happening at the moment, obviously. <laughs> uh, that's what, yeah. that's what people want to see. Uh, so yeah, no, look, that'll, that'll do it then for today. Uh, remember you can check out of all, all of our content, uh, over at www.fbibasketball.com and that'll get you access to our discord server as well. Um, jump in there. Uh, we've got all the information in there about our draft only leagues. Um, I think we're up to over 50 that we've run now, 50 draft only leagues. So, uh, and about to start 
working towards setting up all our redraft leagues and uh, and that sort of thing as well. Uh, and then we've got Matt doing all the dynasty stuff. So I'll be in, in a dynasty league this year with, with you as well, which is going to be uh, interesting because I've never been in a dynasty league, but we'll see how we go. Um, you can follow uh, this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'd love it if you could give this video a thumbs up, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're still fairly new, so uh, we appreciate all the likes. Uh, until next time, we will catch you later. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.